today on The Breakdown. Let's just say you're at the final table of the Party Poker Millions. That's right. I said millions. That's because there's millions of dollars at stake, people. And it isn't one of those easy final tables that you read about, that you see on TV. No, sadly, this final table is El Stackoed. That's right. Adrian Mateos is at this table. Philip Grusom is at this table. Chris Hunichin is at this table. Peter Jetton is at this table. This is not what you, what you, what you signed up for, right? But sometimes there's nothing you can do about it. And Aaron Van Blarkham is one of those guys. There's just nothing he can do about it. He's had some success along the way for sure. He'd actually already won a WPT for half a million dollars. But this is just a table full of murderers he's at. And let me just say this. Big Hooney, that's Chris Hoonichin, is not going to make things easy on him in this hand. And we're going to get to it right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Maybe, maybe I'm biased because I played with him a couple years ago and I really liked his game. Yeah. But I think we're going to be doing more breakdowns of Big Hooney in the future. Oh, cool. He's, he's a guy who... He plays very interesting poker, as you, as Jonathan knows from having watched the hand that mm-hmm. we're about to break down. It's really interesting the way he plays the hand. I played against him in a World Series of Poker event in 2018, and he was two to my left, and it was a nightmare. I ended up bluffing him once, and it was amazing. You got him was, to fold an overpair, right? I got him to fold aces. Sounds like pretty uh, easy pickings to four, me. In a four-bet pot when I had ace high, but it was like this is maybe a bad idea, but I'm going for it. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I I have a lot of respect for this guy and his game. And and not only is he good, but he plays in a way that's kind of fun, which like there's a lot of players who are really good, but they're just like super solid and it's not that interesting. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping for a lot more big hoonie in the future. Cool. Yeah. So thank you, Alex Trembath for suggesting this. Ah, Alex Trembath. Suggested it on Twitter. We are the Poker Guys on Twitter. You can find us at the number two Poker Guys. If you want to suggest a hand, please include a YouTube link and a timestamp. His opponent, Aaron Van Blarkham, is not one of the murderers of Murderer's Row at this final table, no. but he does have, as Jonathan mentioned, some serious results. So he's he's not a slouch. No, that that 500k win for when he won a uh, it was a 5k buy-in WPT uh, in August of 2019 is his, by far his biggest win uh, coming to this event anyway. Um, that said, there's millions of dollars up top, so he could win. He could certainly break that record for himself. By the way, Alex Trenbath, do you think when um, he's going to like watch videos with his family of like them from ten years ago, he says, "Hey, everyone, let's go bath to the future." I think he says that. Does he think he says something? Like, was that really worth saying? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be <laughs> bath in black. <laughs> Stuff like that. I really don't feel like that was worth saying. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest about that one. Yeah. Okay. No one felt forced. Forced. It wasn't forced. It was, it was very gentle and By the way, easy. Big Hooney is a sweet nickname. Just want to point that out. Sure. How big is he? You sat, you sat close he's to a, him. He's a big guy. Yeah. Could size, he like sizable crush fellow. you? I mean, he wanted to. If he could catch me. Oh, well. Probably can't. Yeah. Um, anyway, Big Hooney, good player. We think Aaron Van Barkham is probably a pretty good player, too. Yep. Um, so this is, I think there's, there's either eight or nine. We couldn't tell if there were eight or nine, but it's similar remaining at this 10K main event. Uh, the, the ICM is not going to be a big deal to Big Hooney until later, I would guess. Maybe Aaron Van Barkham cares about the money jumps from eighth to seventh. I'm not sure. Well, let, let's talk about more or less where we are financially, okay. though. So if let's assume there's eight players left. Um, that means there's 180K locked up for everyone. Um, just to get a sense of it, when you get to fourth place, it's already $650,000, 
right? It's, there's, there's another over $3 million left for the top three places. And I won't say who they are because at least one of these guys is involved in this hand. But um, a deal is made. So it's a little harder to know at the top three what the actual amounts were. But there's a lot. Like first place is like one and a half million bucks. That's serious money. Yeah. I want it. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to the hand. Great. All right. So Big Hooney is under the gun. He's got 124 million in his stack at 1.2 million, 2.4 million. So he's got basically 50 blinds. Okay. 50. A little bit more than that. Um, he opens to 5 million with Ace of Diamonds, Queen of Spades. So far, he's playing it well. Folds to Aaron Van Blarkham in the cutoff, who has 218 million. He's got almost 100 bigs. So he's kind of rolling in it right now. Doing good. He's got two fives, five of clubs, five of hearts. He's going to make the call. Sure. Seems normal. Seems, Seems fine. fine. Uh, then we have Adrian Mateos in the big blind, which is just crappy because he's going to be in the hand most of the time, and these guys have to play against Adrian Mateos. Yeah. He's got King of Diamonds, Queen of Diamonds. Of course, he's going to call. He's got $125 million in front of him, so about 50 blinds as well. I mean, in theory, we could talk about, like, Van Blarkham could three-bet sometimes. Mateos could go for a squeeze sometimes. But mostly, these guys are just going to call when they're this deep I mean, uh, at this table. There's probably some interesting ICM stuff going on with some short stacks, Pocket too. Fives is one of, like, the ultimate hands to, at these stack depths, just call the under-the-gun range. Yep. Like, there's not really a ton of reason to three-bet two fives I in, agree. This, in this situation. I agree completely. You, I mean, getting called, it's like, if you don't flop a set, you're just really sad a lot. Yeah, you're just, like, hoping a small C-bet's going to work then. Yeah. And, like, why would you not just do that with a hand with blockers instead if you're going to choose bluffs? Totally, totally. And Mateos's hand is just so good, it seems like a waste to three-bet it, Especially honestly. against the under-the-gun range, which, like... Yeah. Big Hooney's going to have some four bets here. He's going to have more four bets here than any other time. And honestly, when Big Hooney doesn't four bet and just calls, you're sometimes just dominated anyway. Like, and that's probably what would happen here, by the way. Yes. That exact scenario would be what would happen. So I, this hand plays so well as a call. It's so cheap for Mateos. I, I like how everyone's playing it for sure. Not surprising. These are big time players. All right. So 18.6 million in the pot heading to the flop which is kind of unfair for Big Hooney. It's Ace of Spades, Five of Spades, Three of Diamonds. So There's a set alert. Yep. I've got a set alert, Grant. <laughs> Sounds like the beginning of a 70s cool song by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Thank you. Do you remember? You know. September. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so Aaron Van Blarkham has hit a set of fives. Big Hooney has flopped a good top pair. Yeah. This is where the intrigue begins. Yes. Mateos is going to check. I mean, he's hoping for a check through in like a jack of diamonds, but there's not a lot of hope for Mateos in this hand at this point. Um, Correct. Big Hooney decides to check his ace queen. Yeah. How about that? All right. Let's talk about that. Let's do it. What do you think his main purpose is with checking this ace queen? Um, my best guess is that he's doing pot control type stuff here. Um, like, it's hard to get a lot of value because, like, what are you supposed to get value from? There's some ace jacks that can call, I guess, some ace 10 suited that can call. Mateos can have aces in there. In Weak aces, yeah. Yeah. Um, but we're probably, we can't really get three streets from those kinds of hands anyway. Right. Um, there are some hands that also have us just in really bad shape right now that are reasonable. Ace three suited, ace five suited. Five, five, three, three. Yeah, and for Mateos, sure. Mateos definitely has deuce four suited and might have deuce four off. Yeah. So he could have 16 combos of the nuts. So those are reasons to check to sort of like not avoid some of the trouble. And as we see, actually, Big Huni is in a lot of trouble right yeah. now. And by betting, if he gets raised, he's going to have to call which, on this Yeah, because there's draws, which sucks. I mean, he does block them with the Queen of Spades. Having said all of that, 
it's standard to bet here. Absolutely. And not, I don't want not to only from act the, like it isn't. Not only from the perspective of getting value, but also from the perspective of this is your board. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's Yeah. Like, you're supposed to bet this. This is exactly the kind of hand Huni's supposed to have. He's supposed to be betting. And that's it. Like, you get value with this hand in this spot. That's well, normal. Maybe he's observed Aaron Van Blarkham and, and has noticed a trend that he takes stabs a lot in position if checked to. And maybe. Maybe, maybe that's the plan. Maybe he has observed Adrian Mateos and noticed that when it checks through in these types of situations, Mateos bests the turn a lot, and he mm-hmm. wants to capture that value. He also gets some information if he checks and Van Blarkham bets or doesn't bet, right? Like, if Van Blarkham doesn't bet, he is rarely going to have a flush draw, yeah. right? That's going to give us a lot more information. Now, we won't know about Mateos, but Mateos has a lot more any two cards, and Van Blarkham doesn't, right? right. So, like, that's kind of neat to know. Like, if it checks through, like, okay, usually a spade is not a problem for me now. Once in a while it is, of course, but usually like it's much safer than you would than if I bet and get called in two spots, then a spade is kind of disastrous, mm-hmm. right? Um, having said all that, still, I mean, my inclination would be to bet this almost always. Yeah, but it's interesting because we are using the solver for this hand. We are. As you might know, Mateos is not going to be a part of it for a long time, so we can do it because it's heads up uh, for most of the hand. And the, th- the solver is cool with a check from Big Huni. It's it says that he should check Ace Queen and Ace King. By the way, thirty three percent of the time. Actually, it's uh thirty seven percent. Oh, thirty seven percent of the time. Yeah, of the yeah, time. Yeah. It's even a little more. Um, Ace Ace King, you're supposed to check a little bit less, thirty five percent of the time. Ace Queen, thirty seven percent of the time. This Ace Queen off. Um, Ace Queen suited actually wants to check even a little bit more. Interestingly enough, it's up to forty one percent of the time there. Um, but yeah, so it thinks it's totally reasonable to check this at least like a balanced amount of the time. And like, you know, meaning like one out of every three times is like a balancing amount right. from a game theory point. Of and view. that would probably be because a couple of reasons. One might be, this might be one of the worst aces that Big Hooney can show up with here. Like depending on, on what you consider his under the gun range, he's probably got ace jack and ace 10 suited. Yep. But that's combinatorially not that big because they're only the suited ones. Yeah. Right. So that combos. Yeah. That changes it a lot. And actually less now when the ace of spades. Yeah, of course. It's six six combos. Six combos. And uh, if he has ace wheel suited in his range here, that gives him some aces up to pair type hands. So this really might be one of his weaker, like strong value hands. And maybe just because you need to add some bluff catching in uh, and some strong bluff catching where you can't be exploited. That might be why the solver is checking a decent amount here. It's also a way to protect your checking range when you because you're going to check kings and queens and jacks and right. things a lot here, three ways especially. Um, and so, like, you need to have some really good hands too, or very, very strong top pairs as well. Like checking the baby aces is a way to protect that a little bit, but checking the strong aces is another. Like you're still a little face up if you only check kings and ace four, you right. know. Um, but if you're checking ace queen and ace king, sometimes you're much tougher to play against. So. That all makes sense if you're up against really, really tough players. Now, Jonathan, you have the solver in front of you. I do. Um, can you tell me how often it wants Big Huni to check flush draws? Um, I can. It's going to take me a second to figure that out, but I can I can tell you that. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm asking you just because I think it's kind of an interesting thought. Like, it's so tempting to bet a flush draw 100% of the time on this board where sure. it's your board and you want the fold equity that you garner through betting the flush draw. So it does depend on which flush draws we're talking about, but it's, it's betting the flush draws more often than it's checking them in most cases anyway. But it's checking them almost half the time? Um, it really depends. So like Queen Jack suited... If it's queen jack of spades, which is the flush draw, it's betting at 77% of the time. If it's 10-9 suited, it's betting at 70% of the time. Actually, you know what? It's betting, it's betting more than half the time with all the flush draws now that I'm looking at it for um, the spades. It was betting a little bit less than I think 
I would in practice. Like I, I would feel I probably betting like ninety five percent of the time with flush draws in this situation, right? Yeah, I'm. Be- I think I'm just betting more than the solver want want me to bet in you know in practice all the time. Queen ten suited eighty percent of the time. It's like kind of a hundred percent of the time. Yeah, this feels like a bet for queen ten suited of spades. You mean of spades? Of course, king ten king ten of spades. It wants you to bet seventy three percent of the time. Feels like about a hundred percent to me where we can make the nuts and pick up um, Broadway equity on the turn as well. Yeah, if we you can make, pick up straight equity, but. I mean, if you're going to be balanced, you got to be checking more flush draws than we are in practice here. Here's an interesting thing. King, queen of spades, 54% of the time it wants us to huh. bet only. So it's checking that more. I'm not sure why. That's interesting. Yeah. I don't know what that's about. But king, jack of spades, it's 73% of the time. So it's, of course, the solver's trying to take into account all the hands we can have and find, you know, certain ones we can can bet with and call with. Maybe yeah. king, queen of spades is a little bit better because when it checks through, we have better cards we can hit on the turn a little yeah. bit more like a queen is a little better bit than more a jack showdown kind of value thing. like i don't know it's hard to hard to really distinguish why but yeah there you go so most mostly it's betting at spade draws yeah but it not but not 100 percent. not 100 percent. and that's no. i you, that's you're good. gonna have to have some non-showdownable hands that have other value in your checking range or else you're gonna be unbalanced which is, is i imagine why it's doing that yeah uh, yeah otherwise you just have too many bets yeah. anyway huni does check with the ace queen he has ace of diamonds queen of spades and Aaron on the button with a set of fives, this feels like a slam dunk bet. It feels so obvious, right? I mean, three ways especially, even yeah. more so. There's I mean, two, yes, anyway. There's two but spades yeah. on the board. There's a bunch of gut shots that Mateos could have. Um, yeah. We, we want to charge all of those. I, I mean, there's aces out there. Big Hooney is a player that you're going to expect to show up with an ace at least some of the time. If Big Hooney had kings, queens, jacks, you can't just check fold. So right. you're going to get value out of those hands. I mean, also, Valen Blarkham basically has the nuts here for him, right? This is yeah. basically the top of his range. He almost never has pocket aces. He probably doesn't have four deuce suited in his range. I would guess not, yeah. Um, so this is as good as it gets. Right. Like, not that you should always bet the nuts or the effective nuts for you, but, like, come on, like, mostly you should. And, yeah, the solver, of course, agrees with this, too. Yeah. So Sober. he does. He does bet. He bets $7 million into 18.6. That seems like pretty good sizing. Solver has him betting it. 99.7% of the time. So there you go. I don't feel like we need to dive deep into that one. Agreed. Seems pretty obvious. Yeah. Mateos folds. Yes. Big Huni can't raise now, right? That would be weird and bad. Um, it's hard to come up with a really good reason to raise, especially at this stack depth. Yeah, I mean, right? like, you might just fold out ace-jack. That would be such a disaster. We can charge spades, but, like... But we also block spades, so, like... Yeah. With black spades, which isn't great. And it's it's the kind of card, the Queen of Spades, that um it's the Queen of Spades, right? Yeah, he's the Diamond's Queen of Spades. He, yeah, he has the Queen of Spades. Um, that like a lot of the hands that Vlan Bark Vlan, Vlan Blarkham would be calling with. Like it like sometimes we have like the seven of spades randomly on our hand. It's like, well, the other guy doesn't have that many combos with the seven of spades in it. But the Queen of Spades is a key spade, right? Right. Like Queen Ten of Spades, Queen Jack of Spades, King Queen of Spades. Like those are right there. So yeah. Yeah. So it seems pretty clear that we have to just call. Yeah. And we're like, well, if a spade comes, we're going to have to probably hold on. Our hand's a little too good. Also, we have the queen of spades, which makes it easier to hold it on. It definitely makes it easier to hold on if a spade comes. I mean, the thing that we set up by, by checking here is like, we might have to call three streets on a lot of runouts when it feels kind of poopy. Um, yeah. Correct. And it depends. It'll depend on what we think about uh, Aaron, though, too, right? Of if course. we think Aaron's like a tidy tidy little dude there then we're a gonna tidy little dude <laughs> nothing weird to say there it's all no that's super, totally normal it's super cool. normal if we think aaron's a tidy little dude <laughs> then we should go ahead and uh fold the river yeah. when he bombs it yeah yeah that that's type cool. of cool it's totally cool um yeah so um 
Yeah, then we'll worry about it. But we can't worry about any of that right now. No, this feels like a like super a, clear obligatory check call. call. Yeah. Like, we still look like we have queens or jacks or a bad ace or something like that, yeah. right? That's, That's what mostly what we like. have here. And we're, we're a bit underrepped, which is always kind of a nice place to be. Absolutely. And we have the ace of diamonds as like a look at a jail-free card if, uh, you know, you know what, we run. You know what else? Oh, is, we actually, we can't go running diamonds. You know what else is underwrepped? What? Our book. Huh? Our book is underwrapped. It, it is? Well, in that it's not in Oprah's book club. So right. I feel like that uh, underrepresents how good it is. On her birthday or her favorite thing show, maybe she could give out one of our books to everyone, but she would pay us. She for has them. to buy them. Yeah, we're not going to just. At twice the normal price <laughs> because she has so much money. Yeah. We charge based on that. Also, handling. Don't forget about the handling. Yeah, charge. the handling. It's tough to handle. <laughs> <laughs> the, books, the book handling is difficult. Anyway, we do have a book. It's called How Can He Fold with three question marks. You really always hit that three question marks thing when you tell the title. Because it's you? like it, it explains how goofy and fun it is. You could just do it with tone, though. You could say it's called How Can He Fold? See, that's the same thing. I want people to you be can able to hear the question marks. For it you with can the hear the most them. accuracy possible. Well, maybe if you just told them the subtitle, it'd be better. Incredible poker hands broken down decision by decision. Yeah, that one. Which is what it is. It's yeah. a text conversation between me and Jonathan about big time tournament hands. It's all tournament hands that have been played. There are 37 of them in there. We start with the simplest hands, although there's still a lot to learn from that. We end with the most complex hands where it's really tough to kind of keep up with what we're talking about analytically. When we were editing the book, we had tough, a tough time keeping up with our own analysis, Yes, which is, by the way, the best analysis we have to offer because we spent a year writing this book. It's not like these podcasts, which we think there's a lot of value in these podcasts, but we watch the hand and we, we talk it out now. That's how this podcast works. With the book, we really, really went in depth and like we're very certain with all of our analysis and our opinions it's the, the best analysis we have to offer, and it's also really fun and funny. We think it's basically a book that you can enjoy while you read and sort of accidentally learn while, while you're reading. Here's a, um, here's a quick little bit of an excerpt from a review on Amazon from okay. about our book. Tight, valuable, understandable poker analysis. Ooh. What I love about this book is the same thing I love about their podcast. They never engage in results-biased analysis. Uh, he then shits on other books and podcasts out there that, Excellent. that work backwards from results to justify the plays. Um, it comes through in the book. It's admittedly a hard thing to do when you already know the result, but that's what I mean. Great poker is all about knowing that you will lose a certain percentage of the time, but playing the edge when your analysis indicates that you have the edge. It's a really great book, and I think a lot of different levels of players can get a lot out of it. And yes, the graphics are awesome. Thanks. That was a nice review. That's a very nice review. Yeah. Very appreciative of the review. By the way, if you've bought the book, which you can get at thepokerguys.net, yep. you get, that gets you a link to the Amazon for the paperback, or you can get the ebook right there on the website. Please leave us a review on Amazon. It goes a long way in making it so we might write another book. Correct. Correct. Which you should want. And you know, it's 37 fun-sized chapters of tournament analysis. Who doesn't want that? Everybody wants that. Everybody. Everybody wants to see what Big Hooney does in the turn, so let's get to that. Great. All right, so the pot is now 32.6 million. The flop was ace of spades, five of spades, three of diamonds. Aaron Van Blarken has a set of fives. Big Hooney has check called with his ace queen. Mm-hmm. Turn is the seven of diamonds. Yes, it is. So that doesn't do much. It completes four six. It completes seven seven if Van Blarken would have had seven seven and bet on that flop, which is reasonable. Yeah, you can expect that. Totally possible. But it's not a scary card in many ways for either player. Mm -hmm. 
Big Hooney now checks again. It seems like that's really the only option once he's taken this line on the flop, right? Yeah, I mean, the solver's checking 98% of the time here. Yeah, it would, it would be very strange to donk. It's one of those spots where you just think like, okay, this feels like a game theory disaster when I donk. The only time you donk, I think, is when you're up against a particular type of player who is so wild and out there that you just know they're the kind of people who are going to always bet that they check back a lot on the turn with their medium aces and stuff like that. And you just know who they are. And you, this is the way you get value from them. But they are in this kind of a tournament in this spot. They're just not going to. No, it doesn't seem likely. And if we're going to be donking with ace queen, it feels like we need to be doing it without the queen of spades in our hand. The ma- uh, main purpose of donking would be to charge the flush draws. I agree. And I, I, I think agree. it would therefore be a pretty big dunk. Yep. Like make it so the flush draws have, have a real tough choice. It seems like a super straight. I mean, really, even if you don't have the queen of spades in your hand, the flush draws only get there 20% of the time. Now you have all the equity. If you're up against the flush draw, nothing to be concerned about. It seems like a super straightforward check. It does. And it seems like a super straightforward bet for Aaron as well. I mean, you might lose Kings, Queens and Jacks now, if you bet again, but it might be tough to get paid on the river anyway by those hands, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think we should try to just build a pot to make it as big as possible against when Big Hooney has like a kind of a slow played big ace. I agree. We also uh, want to charge his flush draws. Yep. I mean, now there's two flush draws out there, by the way. So half the deck is going to be at least a little scary. Right. You know, it's, not, I mean, not including it's really a, tough for, for Big Hooney to have the diamond draw, I think. But he could have it. He could. I mean, not going to have it very often, but he could. But also in terms of us getting value, yeah. it's going to, if another diamond comes, it's going to make it a little harder for right. him to call, right? I mean, Big Hooney's, I guess he has all the ace X of diamonds that he would play. Yep. Um, that he would check on the flop. Yeah. So he's got some of that, like ace four diamonds, yeah. maybe. But those are really the only diamonds he has. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, like any spade, any diamond, any four, any six are all cards that might kill some action, which yeah. we don't want when we have a set. So we got to put more money in right now. Right. And he does. He bets 17 million, which the solver likes. Yeah. The, the, sol- the solver is betting this 99.3% of the time. So, yeah. Solver's into it. Yep. Uh, big Hooney can't fold, right? I mean. I don't see how. He's. The, the amount of value that he's beating is certainly narrowing now that Aaron has bet again. But it doesn't mean you can fold when you've taken this line. I mean, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think Aaron would bet ace-10 suited now if he had ace-10? I don't think he would bet it very often, actually. I think he'd mostly check ace-10. Well, that's not great for Big Hooney. I agree. It's not amazing. Um, I guess it depends on Aaron's image and what his awareness of his image is, right? If he's aware of it, he's a guy who like is taking lots of stabs and is a little crazy and a little bluffy, he's probably betting ace 10, trying to get called by kings and queens and jacks. If he's tighter, he should probably check more often here, is, yeah. is my thought. And then not fold on the river, basically. Like call when Hooney bets or bet himself if checked to. Right. What do you think? Yeah, I think I agree with that. I And also there's flush draws out there that, I mean, I know Hooney blocks the queen of spades, but Aaron can still have flush draws. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and the solver confirms that it, the, the whole point of the solver is to be unexploitable, right? That's the entire point of the solver. Mm-hmm. The solver wants Hooney to call the turn 99.8% of the time Correct. with this hand. So it thinks that it's very much being exploited if you fold this hand. It's just too good. Yeah. I mean, there's there are some players in the world you can fold it against, I guess. You can yeah. take this exact line and be like, that guy only bets twice with a set, you know? Like, right. but, but but rarely are they going to be at the final table of this event. Right. It's really hard to find that spot. Rarely, if, rarely is that guy, the guy who also won the World Poker Tour event yeah. in, a few months earlier, right, for 500K. Like, that's Seems not going to be super unlikely. It's just, it's just a clear call. And, like, if you're folding here, you're folding too often. Right. And I guess we could discuss the possibility of raising, but it seems like a horrible idea for a big Hooney to raise. When, um, yeah, I mean, like you the, could. Ra- the only reason why you raise is to shut out the equity for the spades, but yeah. like, but when you block spades, why would you do that? 
also like Why every you time you're effort? wrong, every time you're wrong, you're just so screwed. Yeah. And you and you still win against spades eighty percent of the time anyway. Right. And, and if Aaron were to bet ace ten or ace jack here, he might just fold that to a check raise anyway. So right. And if a spade comes on the river and Aaron bets again, he usually has spades. You know, we can play pretty perfectly here, right? Yeah. If he if like he's not going to bet, I don't think if a spade comes. Um, Ace ten again as right. a bluff. He's no, not going to. He's just going to check and hope he's good. He's gonna be like, well, I beat kings, I beat queens, I beat yeah. jacks. Like I might be good, right? I beat bad aces, right? So it seems really clear to me that we should just be calling and we should be able to play really well against him on the river. Yeah, I agree with that. So yeah, Hooney does that. He Great, calls. good job, Big Hooney. Big Pot, Hooney. Pot's now sixty six point six million. Nitrogen Sports is now what we're talking about. That's the new phase, the new wave. Welcome to the new wave of nitrogen spots. Nitrogen! <laughs> so um, nitrogen's got a whole host of new things. It's all um, simulated water sports. And you know what? You can bet on it. <laughs> you bet on how high the waves are going to go in the simulation. Yep. And it's very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's talking about it in... Uh, Nitrogenville. Anyway, that's untrue. But yeah. Nitrogen does have sports betting. It does have casino games. And of course, most notably to you, dear listeners, it does have poker. And it has mm-hmm. our monthly Poker Guys only listeners tournament. That's what it's called. Something yeah. like that. You have to use the link in the show notes of this podcast when you sign up for Nitrogen or you don't get access to that monthly tournament, which is incredible value because they guarantee a thousand buy-ins and only ever get around a hundred players. You know the problem with doing a podcast, Grant? It's that no one who's you listening... You can't fight off the chicks. <laughs> that's, that's, it's like me and the Beatles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everywhere I go. Uh, it's no one can see me doing this dance that I'm, that I'm doing right now. No one can see it. <laughs> it is actually a, a crying shame that nobody can see. It. I know. It's and amazing. It, it's like, I'm so excited about this nitrogen tournament and no one can see it. Maybe one day when we start videoing this podcast, put it on YouTube, everyone will get it. But right now you just have to like use your imagination people, but it's, it's good. Oh yeah. Think Michael Keaton and Beetlejuice. Good. Think better than that. <laughs> Okay. And then think about Michael Keaton in other roles. Exactly. Think Michael Keaton in Spider-Man Homecoming. Or good. Spotlight. Ooh, <laughs> the founder. So much dancing. Gung-ho. We can just do I can do this all day. Let's not. All right. Oh, okay. So anyway, Nitrogen is a Bitcoin-only site. They give you your money fast when you withdraw it. They don't hold it for any random reason, which I don't know why the other sites do, but Nitrogen gives it to you in they're, 90 minutes. They're dicks. The I guess sites? that might be it. That's initial guess. Nitrogen, not dicks. <laughs> We're not dicks. That's their motto. All right. Back to the river. Okay. 66.6 million in the pot. And the river is the six of diamonds. That must mean something. So many sixes. Yeah. Yeah, it probably does. Devil. Sign of the devil, right? No, that's four sixes. That's too many sixes. It's that's right. It's, it's even more devilish. Oh, I see. It's the devil plus. Maybe the devil with holding a, while holding a deviled egg. Oh, perhaps. Perhaps. Yeah. Or perhaps just the devil with a devilish grin. Or perhaps the devil in his plus one or her plus one, by the way. I'm not going to, you know, assign gender to the devil. <laughs> <laughs> you, shouldn't, you shouldn't do that. Twitter will destroy you. <laughs> you are being such a bad person. When okay, you do. but let me say this. The board has gotten a little oh, bit 
a little bit interesting. Grant. Oh, it's absolutely the ace five three two spade flop had one diamond on it. The turn was the seven of diamonds, bringing three to a straight and two different flush draws. One of those flush draws came in the backdoor flush draw with the six of yes. diamonds. There's also now four to a straight. Any four makes a straight. So you know, remember we were talking about trying to get value, and this is a reason why you bet the turn because sometimes you can't get value on this river right with yeah. your set of five. Sometimes you may not even want to bet it, but even if you decide to bet it, it's a lot harder to get called on this river. Like. The only worse river than this is like the six of spades, right? I mean, it's just hard to get value. Yeah. So, you know, you can understand why. So, so it's just points to why you have to get value when you can a lot of the time and hold them. You can't really Right. You wait. can't expect like a perfect run out every time. Right. It's, it's, it's going to happen a little bit, but often it does. The expectation of a perfect run out is what leads to entitlement tilt. Something yeah. you want to avoid. Yeah. Also leads to a lot more slow plays than are necessary in tournaments where people like check their sets and stuff like that on the flop and end up either losing or getting no value later on. All right. But anyway. So Big Hoonie is going to check. I feel like there's not much to talk about there. I don't think there's anything to talk about there, bruh. Um, the solver certainly agrees. It says 99.7% yeah, I of mean, the time Big Hoonie should check. You just hope that, uh, that Aaron knuckles the table and you get to turn over your hand and win, right? Yeah. That's like the main goal. So sh- here's a, a big question here. Yeah. Should Aaron bet? I think Aaron should bet. There aren't, if we really look at it, Big Hooney, to be beating us, Big Hooney has to have pocket sevens, which it's unlikely he has for lots of reasons. Yeah. Pocket aces, which is... Pocket uh, aces, which is also feels pretty unlikely. Yeah. Uh, ace four suited. Ace four suited. Pocket sixes feels unlikely. Any I, four, pocket I fours. Full, I think pocket sixes is completely discountable. I agree. He doesn't have pocket sixes. Pocket fours, I guess, is possible. He has a gutter on the flop and turns double guttered on the turn, I guess. I guess. Yes. But it feels like, it seems is like he going to check hand, call that on the that flop? That feels like a hand he would bet rather than check call. It seems like it very unlikely he's going to decide to check call that on the right. flop. So we can, so now we're, so we're really only losing to a weirdly played pocket aces, which we can almost entirely. Yeah. Ace four discount. suited makes sense all the way through. It possibly could have ace four suited. I mean, that's assuming he opens that pre-flop, right. which I think he does. When I played with him, he was pretty okay, active. Fine. But there's only three combos of it anyway. Yeah. And, uh, and then there's the diamonds, which we do lose to, although yep. you might think he doesn't play it this way all the time because that would require him to have ace-x of diamonds and go check, call, check, call, right. and then not lead the river because on this river where you might expect that like you're going to get so many checkbacks, you want to get value for your nut, the nuts. you know. And, and we can eliminate a bunch of those anyway, like, okay, ace-deuce of diamonds, maybe, ace-four of diamonds, maybe, ace-five of diamonds. I have a hard time believing he plays top two like this. Yeah. Just seems very unlikely. Um, we can eliminate a, a lot of the medium ace X of diamonds. I don't think he's opening that under the gun at this like table. Ace, ace eight and ace nine. Right. Ace seven, ace six. I just don't think they're there. Well, those don't exist anymore. Oh, fair enough. So it's just eight and um, nine. Um, but ace ten of diamonds, ace jack of diamonds, sure. Ace queen of diamonds, maybe ace king of diamonds. So those are those four. But now he's to play them this way too, which as we're saying, we don't know how often he's really going to do okay, that. Okay, that's all fine and good. But if we bet our set of fives here, what are we hoping to get called by? I think ace king, uh, non-believing ace king. Yeah, an ace king or, or potentially an ace queen who thinks, okay, I've underrepped the whole way, so I could be exploited if I fold here. Uh, also, it's possible still that this guy has, you know, king ten of spades and is just going for it. Right. That's that's the thing. Like we're really we're trying to rep a spade draw and get heroed, right? Which is pretty reasonable. How much like, should we bet to say I? This is how much I would bet with a miss spade draw. How much is in the pot? Six sixty six point six million. Um, and Hooney's got how much? Ninety five million remaining uh, i think we should bet we want to make it look like value if we miss with spades it's all a lot to him anyway i think we can bet like 34 million something like that like half pot basically what do you yeah. think 
Like that looks pretty strong. It does look pretty strong. I, I was thinking something along the lines of 40 million just to like make it look a little more bluffy. Yeah. Yeah. It's not crazy. The thing is, um, it, I'm a little wary about threatening too much of a stack. Of course, that it goes both ways, right? Where right. you'd be like, why are you threatening so much of my stack? Shouldn't I be afraid? Shouldn't yeah. you know I'd be, that makes me want to call more. So yeah, he can level himself either way, I guess. But I think we, we want to bet an amount that looks like, you know, we, we can get a fold with that amount, you know? So I think 40 is reasonable. I think 35 is reasonable too, for sure. Well, Aaron goes smaller. Hmm. Aaron does bet. He bets 27 million. Huh. So it looks like he's trying really hard to get called by Ace King now. Yeah, he's it like, does. Don't go away. I wonder Ace if there's King. any transparency there. If he, like, I wonder if that's what he would bet if he had a missed spade draw and he went for three barrels. I mean, I don't think Ace, I don't think he would if he was targeting Ace King. Feels like he's targeting that's, Ace that's King. That's problematic. Ace if that's true. That's I problematic. Agree. I'm just making this up. Obviously, I've never seen this guy play a hand before. But it feels hard to believe that he'd bet this small with trying to fold that Ace King or Ace Queen, right? Yeah. And it turns out the solver does mostly want Aaron to bet the river. Uh, but not, it's not a hundred percent. It wants him to bet 84% of the time right. when he doesn't have the five of diamonds in his hand. If he did have the five of diamonds in his hand, which he does not, it wants him to bet 94% of the time because right. he blocks potential flushes. Right. It's still not, it still doesn't think you should do it all the time. Sometimes you just, it's like, you just can't get enough value to bet all the time here, yeah. but mostly you should bet. So fair enough. Like, right. I, I would bet this. Yeah. I think I would too. I would probably go for 40 million though. Yeah. So big Hooney now is like, well, shit. I'm underrepped, but clearly at this point, I beat absolutely no value. Probably on the turn, I already beat no value, right? Um, right. You're just beating bluffs, and now we're still just beating bluffs, and yeah. All right. The so, board has gotten scary, which is sort of good. So Big Huni has to ask himself a couple questions. Mm-hmm. What are the bluffs, and are there enough of them for me to call? Right. Like, if I'm going to put chips in the pot. Right. If I'm going to put chips in the pot, should I be raising instead? Right. And should I just fold because, you know, this is a crappy situation? I mean, let's start with what are, what are, they, what are the bluffs? Let's start with It's that. just spade draws. It's just spade draws. There are a few spade draws that are no longer bluffs either, which is kind of important, I think, right? Like the f- 4X of spades? 4X which of is, spades. Which is what? Five, uh, three, four spades. That's it. I don't think... Okay. I mean, when he we, when we three, entered his spades, hands yeah. in the solver, we didn't even put three, four spades. How about spades? six, seven of spades? That's no longer a bluff. He could decide to bet That's, that for value two pair i mean you're basically targeting the same range yeah you might decide not to do it but i could see you being like he just has an ace right like if he's got something or kings or queens he has one pair like almost always here he could have some aces up which makes what aces up does he have yeah maybe he plays like ace ace three or ace five suited sometimes like this i mean maybe it's pretty unlikely though right yeah but you wouldn't expect him to check ace queen on the flop anyway so no i wouldn't i wouldn't you can't really just i would think top two he's gonna play more aggressively though yeah like almost all, and even 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 top and bottom, I just would expect him to play that more aggressively. Almost always, of course, you're right. Sometimes he can show up with that, but he can show up with pocket aces also. But I feel like seven six is, I think seven six is is ahead most of the time here. Yeah, okay, that's fair. But back to the question at hand is, yes. is what are the bluffs? Okay, and, right. And it really just is miss spades, right? Which it's king jack of spades, jack ten of spades, ten nine of spades, um, not eight nine of spades. That's no. a straight. Yep. Maybe 10 8 of spades? Maybe. Maybe, but we don't know if he's calling preflop. I don't know. That. That's right. I don't know that he can show All up right, with 10 All right, so as spades. Big Huni, if we're thinking this through, we're probably thinking there aren't enough pure bluffs here for me to profitably just call. Having the queen of spades is suddenly not so good from a calling point of view. Right. We don't like that at all. So then the next question is, is there the type of value and is there enough of it that I could get to fold if I raise? Right. Uh, and that's a two-part question. Part one being, what are the types of hands we expect him to fold that are better than ace-queen? And is our story good enough 
to make those hands fold. Okay. So let's start with the first part, right? What are the, what are the hands that are better than ace queen that might fold here? All well, right. There's a lot of them. Six, seven of spades would very likely fold. Most two pairs are going to have to find a fold, right? Yeah. And if most two pairs are going to have to find a fold, sets are not in great shape here. So and it doesn't mean they have to fold, but it's not a good spot. And really, I know combinatorially it's not the case, but it really feels like a set is more likely than two pair. It just mm-hmm. feels like that's kind of what Aaron has almost all the time is a set. When he bets again. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't really have any diamond flushes unless he has the... He, he, he doesn't because we have the Ace of Diamonds as Big Hoonie, right? Um, right. He doesn't have the Ace of Diamonds. He can have other diamond flushes. Like what? King, King X of Diamonds that he's just taking a shot taking with. Taking a shot on the, on the flop, flop and, and then he and turns it so he yeah. can continue and now here we are. That's I guess, possible. I guess that's possible. Um, now, it turns if out he, if he has, Mateos had those hand, that, yeah. that hand. But I, okay, so we, we probably think that if Aaron had one of those King X of Diamonds that he actually got here with... We're not going to get him to fold the second nuts. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think we're ever get. I would be surprised if we can get him to fold any flush. I don't think we should. I don't think that should be our targeting if we're going to, you know, I don't think that's reasonable. Yeah. Aaron probably doesn't have too many fours in his range. Maybe he has pocket fours. I think he does. Right. Pocket fours. He, he has a pair and a straight draw on the flop. It's almost never going to get better. And so he just like is like, everyone go away. And he then turns he turns a double, double gutter. gutter. Yeah. Decides to bet again, trying to get queens, etc. to fold. And then he gets there on the river. Yeah. And I guess he's going to bet that since he bet a set of fives. Yep. It seems reasonable to bet that. Do we anyway. think I we would can, bet that. Do we think we can get him to fold that hand? I don't know. <laughs> That's a close um, one. I think it's at least possible that we can get him to fold that. I think the other hands feel more likely than that one. But if we're talking about sets, I mean, there's twice as many combos of fours than there are fives, for example. Yeah. Obviously, there's threes and sevens yeah. and maybe six, not sixes, really, but threes and sevens, um, which are reasonable, too. Uh, so there's a little bit more combos of the other thing, but there's nine versus six if it's sets only. Um, and then there's the spade draws, of course, but those, those aren't a problem for us either way. Yeah. Uh, this is tough and close. The thing that we have, of course, is Big Hooney is the Ace of Diamonds, and we very reasonably could have ace ten of diamonds and play it like just like this, right? Yeah, or probably ace queen of diamonds, as we know. And yes. maybe maybe Aaron knows that too. Maybe ace king of diamonds as well. Yeah. So Big Honey does go for it. Yeah. He goes for the check raise all in, which is so baller and so cool. <laughs> and like having the nut flush blocker is is an obvious classic reason to bluff. But it's really cool that he's doing it with a hand with real showdown value and in a spot that it makes a ton of sense because. Aaron's by far most likely flushes are if he had ace X of spades and who knows that that's not possible. Right. Right. So it makes it a lot harder for ace X of diamonds, but yeah, ace X of diamonds, excuse me. Yeah. So it makes it a lot harder for Aaron to have hands that he can call with because then we're down to like, okay, he's probably going to call me with his flushes, but it's hard for him to have a flush. It, it means he took a stab on the flop, kept right. going and got there, which is like a, one of the unlikely parts of his range. He might've checked that sometimes anyway, but even if he plays all of them that way, it's King queen of diamonds, King jacket diamonds, queen jacket diamonds, Jack 10 of diamonds. Maybe 9, 10 of diamonds. Maybe 9, 10. That's five combos. Even if you want to give him 8, 9 of diamonds, well, that's a straight anyway, but I guess that's a That's a flush. Yeah, it's a flush. It's even (laughs) better. 8, 9 of diamonds. Fine. That's six combos, but that's it. We can't really go any... It's hard to come up with any more than that. They're right. reasonable. And you might not really take a shot on the flop that often with those hands. Of course he isn't always yeah, maybe like shot. Maybe 10% of the time he's doing that. Whereas even, even if it's 30% of the time, that means we're down to like two combos. Right. Whereas with a set, you expect him to bet the flop all the time, right. and a set is in a horrible spot if you check shove on him. Now, a set could still decide to call. Yeah, that's that is of course the problem, which we will talk about yeah. because obviously now Aaron's gonna have to make a decision. Hey, let, can we just talk about the solver's thought on this? It's interesting how balanced it is. Yeah, the solver's like, yeah, this is a super rough spot. The solver wants us to fold this hand twenty eight percent of the time. We're talking about big hoonie, of course, big hoonie because the ace diamond, yeah, ace of diamonds, queen of spades. When when bet into right, yeah. So he's checked. 
there's the bet of 27 million or whatever it is. Um, 28% of the time, the solver says fold. 26% of the time, the solver says call. And 45.5% of the time, the solver says raise. The solver's like, I don't know, be balanced, figure it out. Like, yeah. it's, not, it's not my problem. Just do everything. Right. I mean, obviously. It's so weird. It's such a weird spot. I imagine the solver doesn't want him to raise ace with ace queen without the ace of diamonds pretty much ever, right? Um, I doubt it. I will take a look right now. I'd be shocked if it did, though. Um, so ace of clubs, queen of spades, or zero raises. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Those it's are just because he has the ace time. of diamonds. Yeah. yeah, right, which makes perfect sense, right? Yeah. Even the queen of diamonds, it doesn't ever want him to raise. It wants him to always call with, actually, with the queen of diamonds in, in his hand because he's blocking Yeah, that flushes. makes sense. So um, in solver language, this means it's opponent dependent. Right. It's like, exactly. can I get this guy to fold? Yeah. When, <laughs> like, like, which way do I, which way do I want to lean? Cause I can lean anyway. It's all reasonable. What are, what are my opponent's tendencies in this spot? Is he scared? Is he not scared? Is he a fuck you player? who's going to call too often. Yeah. Is he going to fold too much because the money means a lot to him and he thinks he can find a better spot. Like, is he going to rely on distribution? Like, right. is he going to like call with a set of fives and fold a set of threes? Like, I don't know. Right. Like, what do, what do, what do I know about this guy? And then decide from there. Yeah. And if you're not sure, I guess the solver's like, if you're really not sure, I guess raise. But you should, but try and be a little sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now Aaron's perspective. He's just been shoved on. Yeah. What I, a I think I think world. there's a lot of clarity that Big Hooney is representing only the nuts, right? Um. Then oh, well, the nut. Yeah, I guess so because he can't have king X of diamonds, can't. right? That's your point. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, only the nuts. All right. So we're not beating any of his value is my point. Correct. Zero percent of his value. Okay. I don't think he can ever show up with eight, nine here. That seems crazy, right? Like, I don't think he would check shove. Exactly. So I'm saying like you game theory disaster. I don't think he would be here anyway with eight, nine. It's like eight, nine spades that he plays super weird. Yeah, I guess. Why would he do that way? Like, seems crazy. Yeah. But even so, I don't think he checks shoves. No, I don't think so. I think it's it's the nuts. It's just the nuts. So we have to think, okay, how often would Big Hooney really check, call, check, call with that hand, right. and then check the river again. Like, checking the river again, I think, is a big deal, too, because a lot of players, like I mentioned briefly earlier, if they make the nuts on the river, are going to be really afraid on this very coordinated board to get a check back from a lot of hands. This like, is exactly like the board. Exactly the board that you almost always want to lean on, right? Yeah. Because it's like, how do you get value? So that part is not great for the story. In fact, if we, I'm interested if I go back to that, um, what, if it wants, if the solver's interested in having him uh, do exactly that, you know? Are you well, let's, not, let's not worry about that. Right? Let's, let's stay on our, where okay. we are, though. So the next question is distribution. Where are we in our distribution as Aaron? So we probably have 4-4, four, four, right? From our perspective, we have ace-x of diamonds in our range. But right. do we have, like, because we picked up the flush draw, are we betting ace-10 of diamonds on the turn, or are we just checking because we have showdown value and putting in more money if we make the flush on the river? If we're big hoonie? No, if we're Aaron. Ten. Oh, for Aaron, we have ace-10 of diamonds. Yeah. Right. Um, I can see us betting the flop, but do we bet the turn? I think we're... Oh, man. Okay, the reasons to check are... I think we probably bet the turn, actually, to build the pot in case we get there. And we're just going to check back the river if we don't improve. Because okay. we figure another bet's going in if we're, if we're behind anyway. You know what I mean? Like, he's going to bet the river. We're probably going to have to call. So we can bet the turn. And if we improve, great. We get to put, we get hit a 10 or a diamond. We get to bet again. And it looks hard. It's hard to see it. Okay. I think that's probably ideal. What do you think? Yeah, that seems probably right. So I think as Aaron, we have ace-10 of diamonds. We have ace-jack of diamonds. We probably have ace-queen of diamonds. We have a little bit of ace-king of diamonds, although that's often a three-bet preflop. Mm-hmm. We might have ace-five of diamonds, which flopped two pair and ended up rivering the nuts. Yeah, you know what? Okay, sure. I think that makes a little bit of sense. Um, 
beyond that, we have two fours, right? So that's another six combos yeah. that are better than five, five. Yeah. We have three combos of seven, seven, probably maybe not like all three combos, but we have seven, seven. In our I range. agree. I agree. Do we have any other fours? Do we have ace four suited? We're probably not betting the turn with ace four suited if we called the pre-flop. Probably not. And we do go double gutter, so we could talk ourselves but into like... we might like not even bet the flop build. also. We might yeah. just like pot control on the flop in a position. L- a lot of times we're going to just check the flop. Like, how do we get value? So like, I, I'm not too worried about later. that. Yeah. And then we have a set of fives, and then we have a set of threes. Yeah. So I guess we also could have six, seven of spades. Did like you say... You said eight, nine of spades already? I did not. Okay. There's, so that's eight, nine of spades. Um, that's a straight now. That yeah. Was, so that's better. And then we have a set of fives, right? Yep. That's the next one. I think so. So we're not super high in our distribution, but we're pretty high. Yeah, we're pretty high. I mean... Because so, what's under it? Under right. it is a set of threes. Under it is uh, six, seven of spades. Maybe we're not betting. The question is, are we betting six, seven yeah. of spades and, and two pair? Are we betting two pair of combos on this river? If we're not, then we are... Now we're at the bottom, near the bottom. The second, second, second to bottom hand. Yeah, fourth through sixth worst hand. Then it makes sense do. to fold, yeah. for sure. If we're betting six seven, and that means we're also betting ace five, and you know things like that, ace you know ace three suited stuff like that, we're betting those all the way. Now there's more combos, at least uh, a few more combos, at least of uh, hands. But even those are suited hands. There aren't going to be that many combos of them. And another thing that's bad for where we sit in our distribution is that we do not have the five of diamonds in our hand. We do not block the flush. Right. Hey, if we had ace king, and we decide to call pre, which once in a while we're going to do, right? Not very often. Um, we'd bet the flop, we'd bet the turn, we'd bet the river. Think, no. You don't think so? I don't think so. I think we might bet the river. If we're betting 6-7, we could bet ace-king, right? I mean, I mean, you could make that argument all the way down the line. You could keep saying that. Well, the difference is, though, like 6-7 is targeting the same thing that ace-king yeah. is targeting, right? That isn't true for ace-jack, right? right? Ace-jack's right. not targeting it. Yeah. Like, ace-king's like, well, worst-case scenario, I chop. And sometimes I win when I get called by ace-queen But or that's ace not worst-case scenario, right? Of course, it's not yeah. worst case, but it, but it feels like you almost always that's the case, right? When basically, I suppose, line. I suppose. I'm just thinking we might, we maybe we can even have ace king in there, but we have so few combos of ace king anyway that. Get yeah, I mean, like preflop is usually exactly. gonna have a three bet with ace king. No question, seems really unlikely. So just a little bit. So yeah, I think it makes sense using distribution for this to be a fold. Right. Yeah. And especially considering that we don't have the five of diamonds in our hand. Right, and the solver thinks Aaron should fold sixty-three percent of the time with this exact hand. Fold less with the five of diamonds in his hand, right? Um, that's correct. That's correct. Yeah, I'll pull it up right now for you. Hold on. So five. Okay, if you have the five of diamonds in your hand, uh, the solver wants you to fold fifty-five percent of the time. If you don't have the five of diamonds in your hand, sixty-three percent of the time it wants you to fold, but it still wants you to call. It still wants a reasonable you to call some of the time, yeah. Yeah, 37% or 45%, depending on whether you have the five of diamonds in your hand or not. So it's like you just can't always fold. This is like right where we are in the distribution where you just can't always fold, basically. It's interesting. Like, the solver was invented to play against Big Hoonie, I feel like. <laughs> like, you, because Big Hoonie has all these moves, you know, like, mm-hmm. and it's, it's scary, but it's such a cool move he made here. It's really cool. By the way, I did look as we were going. If Big Hooney had made uh, the nut flush on the river, the solver bets 100% of the time. Really? It's like this board is way too scary not to bet. Interesting. So maybe, so that actually, really, if that's true, yeah. that changes everything. Yeah, right? Oh, the solver still wants itself to fold, yeah. even knowing that. Maybe, maybe that's not all nut. I just looked at one of the nut flushes. Maybe okay. that's for all nut flushes. But you figure it's, I mean, Ace Queen was 100%. I figure all the other nut flushes yeah, are going to be almost 100%. That's interesting. But that said, uh, I guess there are straights we lose to also. This is only our second podcast where we've used the solver, uh, but we've we've run a lot of big time hands through the solver just like as practice. And th- this is the only hand we've done so far where the solver doesn't absolutely fucking hate 
like at least one thing that one of the players did. Right. did. Like they're they're all within the realm. All of the actions are within the realm of like this is reasonable based on being not exploitable. Yeah. So when Aaron folds here, the solver's like, yeah, I would have folded most of the time anyway. More more than half the time I fold. Yeah. Yeah. So we're with you, Aaron. So I, yeah, I mean, like, and I I kind of agree. I think both of these players played this hand pretty well. Okay, but let's talk about this from a non-solver point of view for a second. This yeah, is something yeah. I said to you before we started recording, which is. If you're Jungle Man here, I think you should do like try and follow follow what the solver's gonna say in this spot against a guy like Big Hooney who's like the hundred K I play hundred Ks. Yeah. I play really well, blah, blah, blah. Um by the way, Big Hooney is gonna end up uh finishing second in this event for or third in this event for a million dollars. And this will be his third million dollar score in twenty nineteen. I mean, it's like crazy. That's pretty good. Um so what I was saying, though, is against a guy like that, when they check raise the river, they just don't have it nearly enough of the time. If you're if they don't see you as an elite player anyway, yeah. if, they, if they just think you're going to fold so much, they have any kind of a blocker. They're almost always going to take the spot. And so I think you have to call more often than you otherwise would. You can call exploitatively a lot more often. It's just hard. I, think. I mean, it's easy to say that, but it's of hard course. in the moment because you don't show up in spots a lot where you're playing against players who are capable of that. And right. It's hard to get in that mindset. I understand. I, I'm saying, I guess, like when we get to the point where we get to the river with a with a really strong hand, I think we need to like be already planning for. Okay, this is the kind of guy who can absolutely check raise me. What do I want to do if he does? And we have to like uh, you know already be planning for. I have to call more often. And so, where does this hand fit in that range? So, am I am I pretty sure I'm calling? I can think about it, but am I pretty sure I'm calling with this hand? Like if he raises, yeah. like I understand. I don't have anywhere near the nuts, but like, does he really play all these hands? Like, does he really ever play the nut flush like this? Not too often, right? Yeah. Yeah, but it's really scary. Of course it's scary. That's why they do it. Yep. <laughs> and it was effective this time. Yeah, it worked great. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break. But I'm back to claim the crown. and going to be traveling the globe. We still have time to make it home.